Shalom Anechem. We are in the third volume of the Keter Shem Tov. In the introduction, we have two more shiurim left till we finish this part of the introduction. Bezalat Hashem, that will lead us right into Rosh Hashanah, which is coming towards all of us, and hopefully it will be a good new year for everyone. Bezalat Hashem. On page 23 in the Roman numerals, which I think is 21 in the PDF numbers, you'll see the last item that Rabbi Shem Tov Gagin mentions here. And he writes the following under Membet 42. Sefaradim, by the Sefaradim, and Sheshem, the people of stature, renown, people of a good name, Otherwise, referring to people who are Hasidim, pious people among the Sevaradim. Minichim tefillin shel Rashi v'rabenutam biyachad. They wear two pairs of tefillin together. Both the tefillin of Rashi and the tefillin of Rabenutam. Ashkenazim manichim b'shat kiryat shema u'tefillah tefillin shel Rashi. The Ashkenazim wear during the prayers, Kishma and Amida, the Rashi Tefillin, Vachara Tefillah, Manichim Shorabenutam. And after Tefillah, meaning after they finish praying the Amida, they switch out of those Tefillin and they put on what is called Tefillin of Rabbeinutam. Can anybody walk me through what is going on here? What are these two pairs of Tefillin? Why Rashi Rabbeinutam? What's the story? Someone fill me in. Not all at once. All right, let's do this together then. If, you, if we don't know offhand, let's do it together. I attached to the PDF, uh, to the Google Classroom, a PDF of the Benish Chai, Parashat Vaera. No, Vaera. But where does it start? Okay. I actually don't have the Benish Chai with me right now in person, so I'm going to use my PDF also. If you open up that link that I attached, you should see on page 6 of the PDF. If you look on page, this is an old printing of the British guy, so forgive the font and the typeset, but it's the only one I had for free online. So clearly the nowadays Safari has a British guy in it too. So if you look at the bottom of the page, it says Chaf Aleph. Do you see that? The bottom paragraph? Yeah, okay. So, six at the bottom of the page. The Benish Chai writes the following. 
There are four parashiot, meaning four sections of the Torah that are placed inside of Tefillin. Kadesh, Shema, These four chapters, you can find them at the beginning of the Sidu, and many people have a custom when they put on their Tefillin to read these chapters before they, or while they're wearing the Tefillin. And according to the opinion of Rashi, this is the order in which they are placed inside of the Tevinim, or they are written in the Tevinim. Kadesh, Vahayaki Yaviyacha, Vahayim Shema, and Shema. Oh, other way around. Vahayaki Yaviyacha, Shema, Vahayim Shema. Achlesvarat Rabbeinu Tam Zal, but according to the opinion of Rabbeinu Tam, who is the grandson of Rashi, Sidran, he has the order Kadesh, Vahayaki Yaviyacha, Vahayim Shema, Shema. The bottom line is, there's an argument among Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam as to what is the correct order in which to write and place the tefillin parchments inside of the box of the tefillin. So in the tefillin we have a few components. You have the box, the black box. That black box is called a bait or batim, the home of the tefillin. You have inside the main part of the tefillin, perhaps, which is the klaf, the parchment, the parashiot. So batim. Inside are parashiot. You have the straps. Those are ritzuot. You also have some other things like the little sinews that are in the front of the tefillin. But for the most part, we're talking here not about a difference in the box of the tefillin or the straps of the tefillin. We're talking about a difference in which order you write or place the parashiot inside of the tefillin. And the custom on the Jewish people is to wear the first type of tefillin, called tefillin of Rashi. And the levush, he writes, the palm achat one time, nafla bima shal kevi cheskel, alav shalom, that something was destroyed in the tomb of Yechezkel, of blessed memory, Yechezkel the prophet. And they found inside of the tomb of Yechezkel very old tefillin. And they were written in the order of Rashi's tefillin. Now, obviously, this argument is older than Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam. There are old discoveries of tefillin, old pairs of tefillin in Jerusalem that are written one way or the other way, meaning this argument predates Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam. Rather, we name them the tefillin of Rashi or tefillin of Rabbeinu Tam because those were the two that actually argued about these opinions and therefore they got the name of that tefillin. Vina betchila, originally the Jewish people hayu choshvin machlogat zerak hasham machlokot shesvarachat betelam. And originally, the Jewish people used to consider this, that there's only one right way to write tefillin. And one of the opinions is correct, and the other one is incorrect. Ah, Barabenu Harizal, but says the Ben Rabbi Yosef Chaim of Baghdad, who's a Kabbalist and tells us, but along comes the Arizal, and he told us, based on Kabbalah, that he received a message from Eliyahu, the prophet of blessed memory, that both of these opinions are true. And you have to do both of them. 
and that the real custom is that the giants of every generation from the time of Moshe Rabbeinu until the Geonim was that every person who was a righteous person wore two pairs of tefillin. V'chani'ita bagmara, and that's why the Talmud mentions, makom yesh barosh laniach bo betzugot, that there is room on a person's skull, on their head. What better word for a head? A head, okay. A better word for a head is a head. Uh, there's room on one's head to put two tefillin. What does it mean there's room to put two tefillin? There's room for a hundred pairs of tefillin. What does the Talmud mean when it says there's room for two pairs of tefillin on someone's head? Let me ask you this. Is there a correct place in which tefillin has to be placed on one's head? Yeah? Does anyone know what it is? I see Sarah Lana in your head. Does anyone know where the tefillin is supposed to be placed on one's head? Okay, so Torah says between your eyes. And we know that we don't actually put them between our eyes. Rather, we understand it to mean on our head, but in the place that is between our eyes, meaning in this spot of our head. Where do we put tefillin? So if I'll just say basic halachot. We put it in between our eyes, which would be central to our face, and we put it at our hairline. So the beginning of the tefillin begins at our hairline. Now what happens to a person who has a receding hairline? Fantastic question. The tefillin doesn't keep moving backwards. Rather, they estimate where their hairline was, and that's where they place their tefillin. How far back can tefillin go? How far forward can tefillin go? Our rabbis tell us there's enough room on someone's head to technically put two pairs of tefillin. I mean, that's how much room you have on one's head. That's how much wiggle room you have for tefillin. The Arizal comes along, or the Benish Chai comes along, and reinterprets this teaching that says you have to room for two pairs of tefillin on your head to tell you that our rabbis of the Talmud must have been wearing two pairs of tefillin on their head, and that's why they're teaching us there's room for two pairs of tefillin on their head. And he says here, A God-fearing person will make two pairs of tefillin for themselves. One tefillin like Rashi, one tefillin like Rabbeinu Tam. And he should hold both of them in his hand. And he should place them on his arm. I'm on the next page, on page 7. And they should tie them one above the other one. I was going to attach a video for you last night, I forgot, of how to put on tefillin both pairs at the same time, according to the Kabbalist. A person must wear two pairs of tefillin, and not like the Ashkenazim, which he's mentioning, who wear Rashi first and then Rabbeinu Tam afterwards, but you must wear two pairs of tefillin both at the same time. And you have to also make sure that Rabbeinu Tam's tefillin is on top of Rashi's tefillin. Ben Barosh, Ben Bayad, whether on the head or on the arm, ki ma'alat b'china tefillin shel Rabbeinu Tam, gedola m'china tefillin shel Rashi. Because in the Kabbalistic sense, the Rabbeinu Tam tefillin is of a loftier status than that of Rashi's. I'm not going to read to you the rest of his piece on exactly the, the practical side of where you place the straps and how you wrap two things in the same place at the same time. I will send out a video. If someone can remind me at the end of the shiur to just send out a video to the classroom, I would love to show you how that looks. It's a very common sight, for example, in Israel. I don't know about the United Kingdom. I can tell that in America it's not something that I've seen really anywhere aside from a few individuals who follow Kabbalistic tradition in general. But I think at this point we can say that... Rabbi Shem Tov Gagin is telling us that Sepharadim, 
they wear Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin together, and Ashkenazim wear them separately. And this is all Rabbi Shem Tov Gagin was trying to teach us about the Tefillin of Rabbeinu Tam and Rashi. But I cannot avoid a good tangent. And so I figured that today, with your permission, I will take a tangent, because I don't think it's fair to just say Sefaradim wear them together, Ashkenazim wear them separately, Shalom al Israel, the rest is just history. I need to ask the question of, do we even wear two pairs of tefillin in the first place? Why do we wear two pairs of tefillin in the first place? Should we wear two pairs of tefillin in the first place? Uh, let me, before I, I say that, has anyone ever observed any Jewish community that has this custom to wear two pairs of tefillin, either together or one after the next? I've seen people with the second pair that they put it on like after a tefillah. Yeah, okay, very good. Simultaneously. simultaneously. Especially given the size of the batim uh, that they make nowadays. Very nice. Like, I mean, they're, they're big, especially compared to where they were, I don't know, 50, 60 years ago. Let me show you. you. I brought it up. I'm going to. I, I brought a show and tell. Okay. So, the tefillin that you and I are used to seeing, and this somebody donated to the Berkneset. Let me uh, open the head. The head tefillin. So this is not my tefillin. This is a loner tefillin here in the Berakneset. So this is a head tefillin. Let me bring it close to the camera so you can see. This tefillin, it has four compartments here, which is the, the conversation of the order of parashiot. So those lines that are going down the tefillin are actually separate compartments that are pushed together in a process, in a factory, that makes the leather one block. And every one of these boxes has inside of it a different um, type or, or chapter of Torah that is supposed to be inside the tefillin. If I were to put this tefillin on my head, I just want to show you how it would look, it would sit about here, and this is how much room it takes up on my head. Now, these are considered average-sized tefillin. So I would say that most people that are wearing tefillin nowadays are wearing tefillin somewhere in the ballpark of, of this size of tefillin. So I'll show you my hand. That's how big the tefillin is, all right? Now, if you go to a Chabad community, for example, where they, they wear very large tefillin, the tefillin, and I'm not exaggerating, are likely the size of this box that is right here. So if they would put it on their head, it would be about this large. And if I could show you in my hand, it would take up almost the entire palm of my hand. That's a Lubavitch custom that they wear large tefillin. And uh, that's something that you'll see very often if you go to such a community. Now, if I were to show you, Pam talked about the, the evolution of tefillin. So I want to show you, somebody dropped off at my house a long time ago. It's, it's sad for me when people's children or grandchildren, they inherit things from their parents or grandparents, but they don't, they don't appreciate what it is that they have. So I have many things in my home. If it's old books or sets of machzorim or tefillin or talitot that people had in their homes they used every day and their children or grandchildren don't see much value to them. At least they have the knowledge to drop them off by me. So this is an old pair of tefillin. It's not very old. What do I mean not very old? I'd give it 60 years, maybe. Um, so 100 years ago, you're talking about an entirely different thing. But this is tefillin. It's a head tefillin that was dropped off in my home. Its kashrut status is most likely no longer kasher. It's made of an inferior quality uh, animal skin. But you'll see here the size of the tefillin, if you could see that. Um, it's a, it's a very small tefillin, and if it were to sit on my head, it were to take up a very small place on my head. And in my palm, so you could see that, 
that takes up a very small space on my palm. And so if this is somebody's head, and by this is large compared to other smaller tefillin, so Harav Peretz's tefillin, for example, are probably the smaller than this box, and even the, the platform is a little smaller, but you could put one pair of tefillin here, and one pair of tefillin right here, and you'd still have room for two tefillin. But if you were to use this size tefillin and compare them to each other, so you're talking about a giant tefillin and a very small tefillin. And so in today's conversation of wearing two tefillin, one and a t both together, most likely the people around us don't have the type of tefillin which would even allow them to put both of them on their head at the same time, even if they wanted to. I'm not sure they want to, but if they wanted to, practically the tefillin that we're using, it doesn't really help much for that. So now that I did my show and tell, let's talk about Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin. Look at the footnote at the bottom of page 23. So we're back in the Keter Shem Dov Gagin PDF, and we're not going to be there for long. We're going to jump around a lot. But let's read what he writes first. In footnote 85, Now, the truth is that I believe he's referring us to a different place in Shulchan Aruch, whatever typo is here. Regarding the custom of Sephardic Jews, There is room on our hand, on our arm, so our arm and our head, to place two pairs of tefillin. The reason why the Ashkenazim wear one after the next, that if we wear both pairs of tefillin together, that one tefillin's part will be sitting on the other part of the tefillin, and that will cause for a chatzitah, an interruption between the head and the tefillin. They get into argument over there about whether tefillin can really cause an interruption. They're the same article of clothing, so do they really cause an interruption? I'm not here to talk about that. I want to take your attention though to the Shulchan Aruch and to see what Maran writes about tefillin of Rashi and tefillin of Rabbeinu Tam. Now if I had to be honest, the tefillin that we call the tefillin of Rashi, you could also call them the tefillin of the Rambam, and you can call them the tefillin of all the rabbis who lived before, because that's the tefillin that all of them wore. Rashi tefillin is the tefillin. The Rabbeinu Tam tefillin is an alternative type of tefillin. If you go back to the PDFs at the bottom of the Zoom invitation, you should see a PDF of the Shulchan Aruch uh, with the Mishnah Buwana. Do you see that Shulchan Aruch attachment? Yeah? Okay, so the second page of that Shulchan Aruch should say Nun uh, Chet at the top of the page. Let me just pull it up in my... So I have the same exact one you do. Yeah, so if you look at the top of the page, um, in the top section is the Shulchan Aruch. That's, the, that's Maran. All the stuff around it are different commentaries. Namely, the Mishnah Berurah, which you probably heard quote a lot, written by the Chavetz Chaim, Rabbi Yisrael Meir Kohen Kagan of Raden, Poland. 
Let's read what Maran writes. So there should be in the middle of the page a big aleph with a small aleph right next to it in parentheses. Yes? I'm going to be reading only the top part of the page. Seder hanachatam babatim. The way you place the parashiyot, the scrolls inside of the tefillin, l'rashi v'harambam, according to Rashi and the Rambam, kadesh mismol hamaniach babayit achitzon, v'acharav, the next page, ki aviachav babayit shani, ushma babayit shalishi, v'ayayim shamoa babayit arvii, shubayit achitzon liimino. So he tells you the order of Rashi and Rambam is first kadesh, then ki aviachav, then Shema, then Vahayim Shemoah. That's the order of the Tefillin according to Rashi and the Rambam. On the next page, which should have at the top of the page, at 116, which is at the top of the page, and then we're two lines down. Ulrabenu Tam, that's an acronym. Ulrabenu Tam. In the third compartment, Vahayim Shemoah. That we switch the order of the third and the fourth. And the custom of the world is like Rashi and the Rambam. So the Jewish community across the world wears tefillin of Rashi and the Rambam. If you look down in the commentary in the bottom of the Mishnah Burah, on the left side, If you could see, there's a Rashi script, Dalid. I'll just read it to you out loud anyways. The Katam of Bet Yosef, and Maran writes in his Bet Yosef, Ushar Chaonim, and the other later rabbis write, Dechenikar, that that is the main tefillin. Vecheniskim Hagrab Biron, the Gaon of Vilna also says, meaning across the board, everyone accepts that Rashi tefillin is tefillin. And Rabbeinu Tam tefillin is another opinion, but the main tefillin, when we talk about tefillin, we are talking about Rashi Tefillin, Rambam Tefillin, not Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin. Okay, so, so far, there's nothing we didn't know yet. Let's look at the top of the page. Back again where it says 116 in the PDF of the Shulchan Aruch. It says Bet in the middle of that uh, paragraph on top of the page. It says, Yeresh Amayim, a God-fearing person. Yetzei will fulfill both opinions of Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam. This is a really complicated shiul. One day... You and I will sit down together and we'll talk about the Shulchan Aruch. And you've already heard me talk about why we must listen to the Shulchan Aruch. But we'll talk about the Shulchan Aruch and other influences in the Shulchan Aruch. And what does it mean that a God-fearing person will do two different opinions that clearly contradict each other? There's a lot to unpack here. It's just not the time for today's shiul to do that. But let's assume that what Maran is saying, and the source for Maran is Tosafot. So that's, that's a, a French-German opinion. Yireh Shamayim, a God-fearing person, not the Tosafot, it's the Smag and the Smak and other books. Yeresh Amayim a God-fearing person will fulfill both opinions. V'yaseh sheteh zugot tefillin, and they'll wear both, two pairs of tefillin. V'yaniach shnehem, and he'll wear both of them. V'yichaven b'hanachatam, and he'll have in mind when he wears the tefillin, be'otam shehem alibadihil chatam, ani yotzei edei chovati. Whichever one of these is halachically correct, I'm fulfilling my mitzvah with. On the top of the next page. And the, and the next, the other tefillin that I'm wearing, they don't count for anything. Don't count them as if I'm wearing two pairs of tefillin. They're just random straps. Because there's room on one's head to wear two pairs of tefillin. Let me ask you a question. If you wear two pairs of tefillin, 
and there are different types of tefillin. Isn't it obvious that one of them will be kasher and one of them are not kasher? I mean, one of them is halachically valid and one of them is not halachically valid. Isn't that obvious? The answer should be yes. So why are you making this declaration? I mean, these two things kind of... Of course, one of them is kasher, one is not. So the one that's kasher will fulfill the obligation. And the one that isn't is just a strap on your head. That's correct. Why do you have to say this? For which purpose? What are you risking, by, halakhically, by wearing two pairs of tefillin at the same time? Okay, so, so that's actually a good point, which is you, you probably need the right intention for the right pair. But here, Sarla, you don't actually know which one is the right pair. If you're wearing both because you're not sure, so, so you wouldn't know which one's having. So that's why you're saying this kind of vague declaration. Hashem, whichever one is the right one, accept, and whichever one is not, just pretend it's not there. What ha- and this halakha that you're risking is actually one that probably we're not all too familiar with because the Jewish establishment doesn't want us to know so much about this halakha. There's a biblical prohibition too. Just like you cannot violate the Torah, there's also a biblical prohibition against adding to the Torah. Very good. Very good. Not to add. Bal tosif. You're not allowed to add. If you're wearing two pairs of tefillin, you are trying to fulfill a biblical commandment of tefillin, but you're risking violating a biblical prohibition of adding to the Torah, which is not allowed to be added to. And therefore, it seems to be that they're trying to avoid this this scenario, Hashem, treat one like a mitzvah and treat one just like leather straps on my head because I do not want to violate the prohibition of wearing two pairs of tefillin at the same time. If a person doesn't know how to calculate the space properly and wear both of them together, says Maran, you should wear First, the first pair of the hand, the head tefillin. Immediately you remove them and place, replace them with the second pair of tefillin without reciting a blessing on the second pair, meaning you recited one blessing for all of them. And then, some say, that if you lo you can't do them both at the same time. I'm on page one eighteen at the top of the page. You should wear Rashi's tefillin and bless on them. You should wear them during kriyat shema and tefillah. And after you finish your amidah, you put on the second pair of benutam without a blessing. And you will read the other chapters of Shema that you should have been reading. So let me ask you this. According to Maran, should you be wearing two pairs of tefillin or not? According to the Shulchan Aruch, does a Jewish man need to wear two pairs of tefillin? Why no? It says, A God-fearing person will fulfill both mitzvot of wearing tefillin. But doesn't he have one primary opinion of what he thinks is right, but he just says you could do both just to cover your bases? Does he? 
One second. One second. just relating to what your question was about wearing two skiing as opposed to picking one why do we take it as a given that only one of the two options is okay and the other one is like excluded and it's all wrong and you don't get any credit for it because there's only one pair of tefillin that is uh, was given to us in house Sinai. i mean only one mitzvah there's not two mitzvot of tefillin Oh, that that is a very good question. Yes. So more than one order was possibly doubted. That's what I mean. Very good. That's a good question. According to Rashi and the Rambam, Rabbeinu Tam's tefillin are absolutely not kosher. And if you wear them every day of your life, you will have received no reward for wearing tefillin. And according to Rabbeinu Tam, the opposite is true. If you wear a Rashi or Rambam's tefillin, you have never fulfilled the mitzvah of tefillin in your life, and there's no purpose at all in wearing the other one's tefillin. So they, they themselves mutually exclude each other. The order is clearly that important. So, does Maran the Shulchan, Maran seems to be saying that he's not sure. You should wear both pairs of tefillin. Let's look at 118, where it says Gimel, in the middle, top of the, top middle of the paragraph. Lo yase ken. A person should not do this. Meaning, wear two pairs of tefillin. Unless they are truly considered and well known as a chasid, a righteous person. For those of you who have studied with me in the past, in the Rabbeinu Avraham, Ben Rambam's writings, all of you here in the United Kingdom class, we started with that piece of Rabbeinu Avraham, Ben Rambam, which says it's forbidden to go on the individual path before you've conquered the common road first. To be a chassid is a very high uh, status. Not every person is able to consider themselves so pious that they are considered uh, good enough to wear two pairs of tefillin. So Maran is telling you, it's forbidden for a person to wear two pairs of tefillin unless they are famously known for their true piety. So not just that they're no, known for piety, they have to really be pious, but also they have to be well known as being pious. Why? What's the reason for that? Here I want to draw your attention to a commentary at the bottom of the page of the Mishnah Berurah. If you look in the middle left column, he says there, Bechasidut. Bechasidut. So he writes the following, the Mishnah Buah. Because the world, the Jewish community, wears Rashi Tefillin. Anyone who tries to be strict about this and wears two pairs is guilty of Yuhara. What is Yuhara? Do you know? Have you heard of that word before? I don't want to give you an exact. Okay, very good. I don't want to give you an exact legal definition, but. It's the doing of something religious in order to appear more pious than other people. So is using religion 
to become arrogant. You're in a community. All the people in the community, the Jewish people do Judaism one way. They're wearing one pair of tefillin. What I mean? It's a halakhically valid approach. And you come along and you want to show everybody, look at me, I wear two pairs of tefillin. But who are you? You're not known here to be a Torah scholar. You're not known to be a righteous person. You're just known to be a person who likes to poke other people's eyes out. Who gives you the right to do that? The only person who's allowed to do such a thing is somebody who it's known about them that they're so particular about mitzvot and that everyone respects them for being so particular in mitzvot that they're able to do such a thing. If you look at the top of the page, there's a commentary that's called the Be'er Hetev. Do you see that? Be'er Hetev. Top left of the page, under the wide lines of the Shulchan Aruch. It says 118 in the top left of the page. Do you see that commentary? Okay. If you look two lines down in the Be'er Hetev, the last two words in the line, Bachasidut. What does it mean someone who's pious? He tells the following story. Nishalti, I was asked, Al Ishachad, by one man, There was a man who asked the Beretev, I wear tefillin of Rabbeinu Tam, but after services, though there are still people there, they see me, is it considered Yuhara? Maharash Halevi ruled that it's considered Yuhara and he has to stop doing what he's doing. And he quotes the Tshuvat Shvut Yaakov who writes that if even some of the people in the community were Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin, so it's not just you, there's a few other people who were Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin, it's considered still Yuhara and it's forbidden to wear those tefillin. And if you wear Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin in front of a Torah scholar, who doesn't wear Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin, or who only wears these Tefillin in the privacy of his home, how much more so it's considered showing off and it's forbidden to wear Tefillin of Rabbeinu Tam. So let me ask you the question again. According to Maran HaShulchan Aruch, should Jewish people wear two pairs of tefillin? No, except for... Someone who's a very pious person. And even then, there are limitations. In front of another person who's a giant, who's, there, there are, it's, a, it's, it's not so simple that every person should wear two pairs of tefillin. Now... I wanted to take you somewhere else with this. Last night, I recalled many years ago reading a teshuvah of Rabbi Shalom Masas about Rabbi Nutam Tefillin. And it's been a while since I opened this volume of Rabbi Shalom Masas, particularly. And I didn't recall who wrote this letter to Rabbi Masas and who he was writing back to. And as I opened up last night to copy this PDF for you, I realized, Min Shemaya from Akadosh Bahu that the letter is addressed to none other than, let's open it together. If you go to your Google Classroom and you click on the Zoom invitation, at the bottom there's something called Shemesh Umagen. Do you see that PDF? Yeah, so click on that PDF. 
Shem Mushum again was written by Rabbi Shalom Misas, who was the chief rabbi in Morocco, and then later became the chief rabbi of Jerusalem. Rabbi Shalom Misas, his picture is on the next page. That's a common thing by Moroccan rabbis was to put a picture of themselves inside of their books. So I guess you know who's reading it. I don't actually know the reason why that was done that way. And if you turn to page 3 of the PDF, you'll find yourself at the bottom left of page 3, Siman Nunchet. It's letter number 58. Chuvot binyan amin hagim. Small, short answers regarding different customs that I was asked. And the letter is addressed to Lichvod Harav Yosef Peretz Shlita. To the Honorable Rabbi Yosef Peretz, may he live and be well. Shalom Rav. Here are my answers to your questions. Harav Yosef Peretz is the father of Rabbi Yaakov Peretz, my rabbi. So this teshuvah is addressed to my rabbi, Harav Peretz's father. And I wasn't planning to teach you this because it was written to his father, but it, it happened to be that way. So why not? He's answering different questions about uh, Moroccan customs. At the bottom left, there's a Dalit. Do you see the Dalit over there? A bold Dalit? Okay. So there I'm going to read to you. Alinyan tefillin de Rabbeinu Tam. You asked me about the custom in Morocco regarding wearing tefillin of Rabbeinu Tam. And he writes the following sentence. There never was a minhag in Morocco to wear Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin. No such thing. By the way, it tells you that even though Maran suggests that people wear two pairs of Tefillin, that they're very pious, that never became a thing that Sephardim did. What Rabbi Shem Tov Gagin is recording, the minhag of Sephardim is to wear two pairs of tefillin. The truth is, with the exception of some Kabbalistic communities, like in Iraq or in Jerusalem, where Rabbi Shem Tov Gagin comes from. Okay, that's where he comes from. I don't know of any large Sephardic community anywhere in the world that traditionally wore two pairs of tefillin on a regular basis. Everybody. I don't know such a thing. If you know such a thing, please correct me. Even in Ashkenaz, that was not a thing until the Hasidim came. By the Hasidim, everything changed. But before the Hasidim, I don't know of any Ashkenazi communities where people wore regularly two pairs of tefillin. Uvenakol, and among all that, yadati shnayim chachamim zekenim I knew of two or three elders in Morocco that wore both tefillin together. And for about 15 years or more, I used to pray in one synagogue in my street. And in the Berakneset that I prayed on in my street, there were 60 or 70 Chachamim, not budding Torah scholars, veteran Torah scholars who prayed in the synagogue. Rabbi Shalom Masas comes from a city in Morocco, which is known as the Ir Shal Chachamim V'Sofrim, the city of scholars and, and uh, scribes. The people in his city were known for their Torah wisdom. And he's telling you that in his Bera Knesset, he prayed in as a young man for about 15 years. That Bera Knesset was full, 60 or 70, not members, 60 or 70 rabbis, Torah scholars, real Chachamim. And they prayed every single morning 
at sunrise. So this is a group of scholars that prayed every morning at sunrise. And one of the people that used to pray there was our master and our teacher, have you ever heard of the Pachad Yitzchak's bag? You may have heard of someone called the Pachad Yitzchak. Most likely it's not the same one. You're thinking of Rabbi Hutner. Pachad Yitzchak's bag. This is the fear of Yitzchak. They named him that after his book, Pachad Yitzchak. But they also say that he was a scary person. He was a very intense Chacham. He was the Rosh HaYeshiva there. And uh, What? Rabbi Shalom Mesas, he studied by Rabbi Tzaksbag. He tells a story elsewhere in his Teshuvot that once Rabbi Tzaksbag let a guest lecturer come to the Yeshiva and teach the students Talmud. And he was used to this Pilpul style of Talmud, which was found in Eastern Europe. And he came to the students, started teaching them in this style. And a few minutes into the speech, Rabbi Tzaksbag stood up from his chair, stopped the visiting rabbi, and said, Rabbi, listen to me carefully. I asked you to teach my students Torah, not to teach them nonsense. And if you intend to stand there and teach them nonsense, I intend to ask you to leave my yeshiva at once. And that was the end of that rabbi's guest lecture in the yeshiva. So in that, Bera Knesset prayed, the Rosh HaYeshiva, Rabbi Tzaksbag, on the top of the next page. So page four of the PDF, the top right. Who is Rabbi Rafael Baruch Toledano? Do you know who he is? He sat on the Bet Adin with Rabbi Yosef Massas. Anyone know anything that he wrote? Any books that he wrote? Any songs that he wrote? He wrote a famous Kitzur Shulchan Aruch. You could buy it today, thank God. It's back in print. He also wrote a famous song. You may have heard if you've ever been to any Sephardic celebration of a Torah dedication or Simchat Torah or anything else. The song, So he wrote the song. This is a song written by Rabbi Rafael Baruch Toledano. Uh, that original song has about 26 stanzas in it. Today people sing about three or four of them, but it's a much longer song. If anybody wants the original, I'm happy to send it to you. Kodem Dayan. So before he became a Dayan, was the Chazan of the community. What does it mean, the Chazan of the community? It's not that he was promoted to rabbi after being the Chazan, like is the case in many places. Rather, in Morocco, the Chazan was always a Torah scholar. That way you never had a person leading services who had a nice voice but was not a Torah scholar. You always had somebody who was a scholar who guided the tefillah properly. And there were giants of rabbis, big ones that were there. And I did not observe even one of them wearing Rabbeinu Tam tefillin. Meaning, Shalom is telling you, you have here the textbook definition of people who are muhzak b'chasidut. They fit Maran's definition of who should be wearing two pairs of tefillin. And I never saw one of them wearing a pair of Rabbeinu Tam tefillin. Gam shalanu, even in our Beit HaKnesset, my, my, as a child, Haya harav moravi zatal, my father, blessed memory, umara asudri zatal, umeolam lo lavshu tefillin de Rabbeinu Tam. My father and this other chacham never wore Rabbeinu Tam tefillin. Zulat hagimel hachamim hanal, Aside from those three Chachamim that I told you about in the beginning of my letter, Shechad Mehem Mekubal, one of them was a Kabbalist. Aside from that, there were no one else that I saw in Morocco who wore Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin. Vaniyat Sa'ir Bimei now he tells you a story. And I, the young man, when I was very young, Shalachti Le'arav Agon Rabbi Rafael Bivas, Zatzan Mitveria. 
I sent money or a letter or whatever it was to the Rabbi Rabbi Rafael Bivas of Tveria. I paid him to please send me from Israel a good, high-quality pair of tefillin. So you should know it's not just a new thing that people go to Israel to buy tefillin or things like that. This is an old thing. You send to the sofrim there and they will send you back tefillin. And he sent me for the money that he sent, two pairs of tefillin. Rashi Tam. So now I'm a young man in Morocco where nobody wears a Benutam tefillin except for these three big tzaddikim. And now I get in the mail... Two pairs of tefillin, Rashin Rabbeinutam. And he told me, if you wear them, that's good. And if you won't, give them as a gift to one of the righteous men who wears tefillin of Rabbeinutam. Amalti that's me. I told myself, If from heaven they gifted me a pair of tefillin of Rabbeinutam, why would I ever dream of giving them to somebody else? I should wear them. I'm going to keep them for myself. I was a very young man, I was 20 years old. Then I would sit in my chair in the synagogue next to a very famous Torah scholar, a very righteous man. It was someone who treated me like a, like a son. He, was, he, he treated me very dearly. And when I would put on my tefillin of Rabbi Nutam, I felt very bad. That I'm acting arrogantly, Yuhara, to wear my, these tefillin in front of scholars that are senior to me by 30 or 40 years. Nonetheless, I figured that there's no pain, there's no gain. I'm going to suffer to fulfill this mitzvah of Rabbeinu Tam tefillin. Even if the suffering means that I feel arrogant in front of scholars that are senior to me, that are greater than me, I'm still going to wear them. Adzman shnichleti b'machalat atifus shasa shamod bayir said, "Lo alenu, he was sick with the disease of typhus, and they said it really caused much chaos in the city." Uchimat gimel chodashim shleimim lo levash tefillin klal. So it was almost three months that I couldn't put on tefillin at all. Says Rabbi Shlomo Masas. When with Hashem's help I returned back to my previous strength, I finally was able to put on tefillin again. Even though I was still tired. He said, and I, I saw in front of my eyes again these teachings of our rabbis that said it's arrogant to wear Rabbeinu Tam tefillin. And he said, I saw some of the poskim that were very strict that it's forbidden for a person to wear a ben utam tefillin. And they said that somebody who does wear a ben utam tefillin, these poskim curse them by being excommunicated from the Jewish community. I saw also in the Shukhan that we read earlier, that only someone who is renowned for their piety should be wearing a ben utam tefillin. At the top of the page on the left, Umotozeman Adayom. And from that day until today, Munach Bekufsa, Marabenu Tam Tefilin are left alone inside of their box. And I return back to the practice of the Chachamim who don't wear the Rabenu Tam Tefilin. And I got used to that. And I've reached the age of, of uh, being old and tired. And I don't know what to do.
and says Rabbi Shalom Masast, Rabbi Yosef Peretz. He says, I don't know. I mean, I was in this dilemma. Now I, I'm old, I'm tired. Should I wear tefillin? Should I not wear tefillin? Clearly he feels about himself at this point. He's the chief rabbi of Jerusalem. He was the chief rabbi of Morocco. He's sharing intimate feelings with a friend, Rabbi Yosef Peretz. But he, he's telling you, like, I am clearly now allowed to wear a Benutam tefillin, but I don't know what to do because even the sages in the city that I came from didn't wear a Benutam tefillin. Bentayim, in the interim, Ina Adonai liyadi, Hakadosh Bukhu caused that it should come to my hands. Zman, Zman Karov Sefer Halachot Min Hagav. I got a book of Halachot of the Vilna Gaon. So here is a Moroccan rabbi, receives a book of an Ashkenazi Chacham, a Vilna. And I needed the writings of the Gaon of Vilna for some reason, so that's how the book got to me. Umatati Bokhidush Gadol Vanifla Birchot Tefinin. And I found something amazing about Tefinin. Shekatav Shagrazatzal, and I wrote to the Vilna Gaon of blessed memory, Lohaya Maniach Kim Tefinin, the Rashid Dafka, Velot Rabenutam, that he only wear, wore a Rashid Tefinin. The Vilna Gaon refused to wear Rabenutam Tefinin. Shalacha ki Rashid, because the law is like Rashid. Vim Shikh Laviya Lashon Bimilo. And he quoted the whole story. I have it in front of me if we have time. Shematzah Katuv, that he found written. Shagaon Rav Chaim of Alojinzal, that Rav Chaim of Alojin, the student of the Vilna Gaon. Sha'al Hagra, he asked the Vilna Gaon, Lama eno maniach tifilin de Why don't you wear tifilin of Rabbeinu Tam? Veheshiv, lama hu maniach? Shevim midvav shamanichan. He understood from Rav Chaim of Alojin's words that Rav Chaim of Alojin wears Rabbeinu Tam tifilin. So when the student asked the rabbi, why don't you wear it? He said, why, why do you wear Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin? Amar lo kedei latzet zafek beta idiot. I want to fulfill both opinions. I'm in doubt as to which opinion. Heshivo, he told him, imken, if so, tzarich lehaniach samech dalet zugot tefillin. You have to wear 64 pairs of tefillin, not two pairs of tefillin. Dahaynu shne shito shorashiv Rabbeinu Tam, veshita gimel shishin araavad vechuleh. And he starts listening to him all the different opinions and the machlokot that exist regarding tefillin. I have it all in front of me in this book, Maaseh Rav, which is a collection of teachings from the Vilna Gaon. And here he lists every single opinion you have to satisfy if you wanted to wear tefillin according to all of the opinions. <coughs> according to the Vilna Gaon's calculation, that is 64 pairs of tefillin. Now some say it says 24 in the original. Okay, 64 is what I have in all the books that I own right now in my possession. <coughs> And he wrote all of the arguments among the poskim, and he's essentially telling Rav Chaim of Alojan, if you want to try to fulfill all of these opinions, you're going to have to wear a lot more than two pairs of tefillin. Why do you even bother trying? Just stick to the base in Kalacha, which is that Jewish people wear Rashi tefillin. There's one sentence here that I, I want to read to you from the Vilna Gaon's original. So I'm reading now from the back of Maaseh Rav. Rav Chaim of Alajan tells him, Rabbeinu, my rabbi, It says in the Zohar that Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin is uh, from the next world. And even Arizal said that nowadays, even though the Tefillin of Rabbeinu Tam belong to the next realm, we have to wear them in this world. And the Gra tells him back, I don't run after the next world. 
And whoever wants to run after the next world can wear Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin. There's much more to be said here. But essentially, the Gona Vilna says, you do mitzvot because you're in this world, because you live in this world. You want to worry yourself with Olam Haba, go worry yourself with Olam Haba somewhere else. Says Rabbi Shalom Asas, when I see dismissal of Rabbeinu Tam's Tefillin by a giant like the Gona Vilna, back in Shemesh Umagen, and this caused me to calm down and to be happy and, and content with my practice. And who is greater than the Gaon of Vilna who didn't wear the Ben Utam Tifilin? He said, but I live in a generation, says Rabbi Shalom Asas, where I see that even school children wear the Ben Utam Tifilin in front of everybody, giants, small people. Who's he referring to? Who, which children are wearing Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin? Even by the Sephardim who wear Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin, that happens after marriage sometime. But as children, they don't. Uh, who wears Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin as children? Chabad. Very good. Chassidim. The Chassidim, it's obvious to them, at least most groups that I'm familiar with, Chabad is what you're probably familiar with outside of the Hasidic community, that they wear Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin from their Bar Mitzvah. They already became pious at their Bar Mitzvah and they're wearing Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin. Nonetheless, it says, Everybody should do what they're accustomed to. He said, We who don't wear Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin have on whom to rely. According to Maran, they're not an obligation. And to you, my, my, my beloved, I'm blessing you with life and peace. I, your friend, Rabbi Shalom Masas. Mori Harav Yaakov Peretz is adamant that there's no good reason in the world why somebody should wear two pairs of tefillin. We don't wear two pairs of tefillin. The Chachamim before us didn't wear two pairs of tefillin. Yes, Maran wrote what Maran wrote. Nonetheless, even according to Maran, wearing two pairs of tefillin is not an obligation. I even heard from Mori Harav Yaakov Peretz that today, definitely a person is not guilty of Yuhara for wearing Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin. Why? Because even school children wear Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin. Haraperetz told me once sarcastically, and I'm, I'm sharing this also sarcastically, so nobody should get offended. He said, today, the only people who wear Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin are school children and ignoramuses who think that they're pious people. He said, so in fact, the only thing that is wrong if you wear Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin is you're lumping yourself into a category of school children and ignoramuses who think that they're pious people. He said, so maybe actually you'll be doing something wrong by wearing Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin, not as arrogance, but by lumping yourself into a category of stupid people. And that's always what Haraperet said about Tefillin of Rabbeinu Tams. And it now makes sense that there's also some family background to the conversation surrounding Tefillin of Rabbeinu If I could therefore take you back to Rabbi Shem Tov Dagim. Yes, it is true. One of the differences between Sepharadim and Ashkenazim who wear Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin is that Sepharadim wear them together, whereas Ashkenazim wear them one after the next. And I will point out just one phrase that I didn't focus on in Rav Shem Tov Gagin, and that is he writes Anshe Shem that people of renown, of, of famous status, they wear two pairs of tefillin. I believe Rav Shem Tov Gagin is even just telling us that at the beginning of this. It's not that all Sephardim wear Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin together with Rashi and the Ashkenazim wear them one after the next but only the pious people among the Sephardim and Ashkenazim who are wearing two pairs of tefillin, when they do so they do so differently. Bezat Hashem, next week, we have less than 10 differences that we will finish Bezat Hashem next Tuesday. 
I will take a tangent next week on one more topic, and that is kaparot, and the custom of kaparot, and all the problems that come along with kaparot. And, and okay, I'm not going to get stuck on anything too long so we don't finish. I also don't want to ruffle any feathers about people who, for them, kaparot is very important, or kaparot is not important. Or, I just want to share a little background about that, because it's one of the differences about kaparot that Rabbi Shem Tov Gagin is going to mention. And B'lad Hashem we will be doing that next week together. Thank you everyone for learning with me today. I will be sticking around to answer anybody's questions or comments. If you have any, I would love to hear them.